Good morning. Today we are continuing in part two of our series entitled The Good Shepherd and the Sheep, where we are focusing on the 23rd Psalm as our primary text. And to help instill this shepherd psalm into our minds and hearts, we're going to continue to recite the 23rd Psalm together each week of this series. And I also want to reissue my challenge to anyone in the church family age 18 and under that whoever is able to, at the end of this series, come to the front of the church and recite the 23rd Psalm from memory, you will receive your very own new Bible. And so I'm issuing that challenge again. Anyone 18 and under, if you memorize the 23rd Psalm. So that's out there. You've got a few weeks to work on it. So now to uh, once again instill this in our minds and hearts, we're going to put this up on the screen behind us, and let's stand and recite this together. Would you stand with me? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Would you bow with me? Father God, we thank you for your presence here this morning. We pray that our worship would be pleasing to you. And we pray now that you would bless us in return as we hear your word. Would you speak to each one of us, Lord? You know our circumstances. You know where we're coming from. So I just pray that by your Holy Spirit, open our minds to understand what you have for us, our hearts to receive it. We pray that you would bless your word. I pray that it would come from you, that the words would be yours. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Now, in the first four verses of Psalm 23, we see the metaphor of the Lord being like a shepherd. And the shepherd is leading his sheep on a journey. We see the shepherd causing the sheep to lie down in green pastures, leading them beside the still waters, guiding them in paths of righteousness, and finally walking with them through the valley of the shadow of death. Now, as I shared last week, the shepherd theme is found throughout Scripture, For the simple fact that sheep herding and Israel go hand in hand. Israel was founded with Abraham as a nation of nomadic sheep herders. And to this very day, sheep still dot the hillsides of Israel. Now, I learned a great deal about this on our trip to Israel, and I want to show you a couple more pictures this morning. The first slide that I want to show you uh, is of me getting to know these sheep a little bit more up close and personal. And uh, with some of the things with the sheep that I learned along the way is that sheep, as you can see here, I was, I was trying to get up close, and I don't know if he thought I had bad breath or something like that, so he's kind of turning away, but I was nose to nose. The picture just came a little bit later. But some of the things I learned about sheep while we were in Israel is that they were not raised principally for their meat, but for their wool. And so that meant that one sheep could live with its shepherd with its shepherd for upwards of 10 years at a time. So over this course of time, the shepherd would even have names for the sheep, 
and strong bonds would be formed. It would be akin to you and your dog. There's a a bond, a, a companionship that's formed between a shepherd and its sheep. Now, in the next slide, you'll get to see one of the old shepherds. So while I was getting to know the sheep, Leanne was getting to know the shepherd a little bit better. This next slide, you'll see that they're, uh, they're smiling there. I wasn't sure if I needed to go in and break up the little party or not. I'm getting to know the sheep. Leanne's getting to know the old shepherd. He's dressed in the same homespun apparel that a shepherd would have worn at the time of Christ. And now I'm convinced that this particular shepherd is probably old enough to have been around back then. But if he were here this morning to talk to you, he would tell you that sheep not only represented the shepherd's source of income, not only represented his livelihood, but that the shepherd cared deeply for his sheep, and he would not write one off as lost easily. The shepherd was willing to defend his sheep with his own life if necessary, against wild animals, against thieves, and of course, if one strayed, if one went missing, the shepherd would diligently search for it until it was found. This is the exact scenario we find in this morning's text from Luke chapter 15. And if you have your Bibles, please turn there with me this morning. Luke chapter 15 and verses 3 to 7. Now this story is, of course, the beginning of a series of three stories that Jesus tells to the Pharisees as he's eating at their house. The Pharisees, of course, are the religious class of Jesus' day. They thought they had it all. They could tell everyone else how to live. They were the the good ones. Everyone else was beneath them. And Jesus tells them a story of three parables, that of the lost sheep, the lost coin, and finally the lost son, or the prodigal son, the one we're most familiar with. And here Jesus is trying to send the Pharisees a very important message about God's heart towards the lost, God's attitude towards those that we would consider sinners. And so here in this story, we see Jesus begin with the parable of the lost sheep. And here's the setting. As a youth, I always envisioned a story like this unfolding on some gentle rolling hills covered in lush green grass. But in this next slide, you will get a better idea of just how rugged and hostile the terrain really is that served as the setting For Jesus' parable. This picture right here is looking down towards the Jordan Valley. I'm actually on the side of Jordan looking back westward towards Israel. I'm on the top of Mount Nebo taking a picture down the mountainside. The picture doesn't do justice to the depth of how far down this valley really goes. But you can see it's rocky. It's, It's hostile terrain. It's up and down. There are so many places that a sheep could get lost in terrain just like that. And so this gives you a better picture of what Jesus is looking at or what his people would have seen as the setting of this story. So with this as the backdrop, let's read again verses 3 to 6. Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 sheep in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. Now, in this next picture, we will see a modern-day shepherd leading his sheep in the same hostile terrain in exactly the same way that they did when Jesus told the story. The hills are steep and the paths so narrow 
that a flock of 100 sheep could easily get strung out over a long distance. And in fact, we usually saw them strung out along the hillside with the shepherd a little ways up ahead. Now, to stay safe, the sheep must always keep within earshot of the shepherd. They have to keep one ear open for the shepherd's voice. They need to stay close enough to the flock that they don't lose contact, get separated. And they need to obey the shepherd's call without hesitation. If they wander off, if they drop too far back or fail to obey when the shepherd calls, they run the risk of being left behind, of being separated, and being lost. Now, the life of a a sheep in this setting is not one of stationary grazing. It's one of constant movement and of journeying from one place to the next, always following the shepherd's voice. In Psalm 23, we see the sheep lying down in green pastures. That's where the psalm begins. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. And so often, that's how we think of our faith. We're just lying down in green pastures, living the good life, staying in one place. I have faith. It's green pastures, and this is where I'm staying. But the next three examples are not of lying in green pastures. They're of a journey. It says, he leads me beside the still waters. He leads me on paths of righteousness. And finally, he is leading us through a deep, dark valley, the valley of the shadow of death. Much more of the sheep's life is spent journeying from one place to the next than it is lying in the green pastures. Just as a sheep and its life is characterized best as a journey, so too our lives are best characterized as a journey. We don't just stay stationary in one place. Even though sometimes life has the illusion of staying in one place, we're actually on a journey. We are continually each day moving forward. And so it is with our faith. It is also characterized best as a journey. Now remember, faith is not so much a possession that we own, more as a muscle that we exercise. The sheep does not have faith by simply believing in the existence of his shepherd. The sheep has faith by believing and following the shepherd. Too often we think of faith as a possession. We say we have faith, thinking that once you have it, that's it. You've got it, you're good, and there's nothing more you need to do with it. That's wrong. Faith in God is best described not as something you own, but as something you exercise. Faith is not a nice trophy we put up on the shelf at home to admire. Faith is the work boots we lace up every morning. We go out and live the day by faith. It propels us forward in our walk with God. You see, having faith, Noah built the ark. Having faith, Abraham was willing to sacrifice Isaac. Having faith, Peter stepped out of the boat and walked on water. You see, having faith is only the necessary condition for the action that follows. Having faith in God is impossible without the obedience to follow. And while it's easy to focus on the end result of our faith being the the eternal home with the Lord, we need to remember that between heaven and where we are right now is a journey, one that provides us with the opportunity to live out and exercise our faith in the Lord every single day in the here and now. Now what most often happens when faith in the shepherd is not followed by obedience, what happens is the sheep strays. 
It's separated from the flock, and it's lost to the wild. Now this brings us to the main point for this morning, and that is that sheep stray. It's just what they do. We know that sheep aren't very bright. They need the shepherd to guide them, and the reality is that more often than not, a sheep will stray. Now this is always sad, but it's nothing new. Jesus' first disciples strayed, Judas betrayed him, Peter denied him, and the others ran and hid. Peter knew what he was talking about when he wrote in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 25. Once you were like sheep who wandered away. And the truth is that anyone and everyone is capable of straying, including you, including me. Now, I wish I could stand up here this morning and tell you that this is extremely rare, that sheep straying is something you don't even need to worry about because it hardly ever happens. I wish I could tell you that was true, but it's not. Children can stray from the Lord. It's sad, but it's true. As a Christian parent, you can do your utmost to raise your children in the fear, the admonition, the knowledge, the love of the Lord, but in the end, they can still choose to stray away. And it happens often. Baptized, Bible-believing adults can stray from the Lord as well. Even whole churches can stray from the Lord. And of course, when the black sheep strays, it's obvious. Like the prodigal son in the later story, it's obvious. He goes off and lives in things that we can see are blatantly sinful. The black sheep we like to point to, he's the stray. But did you know that some of us can stray while we're still physically in the fold of the church? That happened to the elder son in the story. He was still in his father's household, but his heart had strayed from his father. And so when the prodigal returns, he won't receive him. He's in the fold, but his heart is cold. And I believe that every single last one of us, myself included, will have at least one period in our life where we stray from the Lord in some way. For some, it's obvious, and for others, it's subtle. For many, it will be as a teenager, going through what we often refer to as teenage rebellion. That was the stage where I strayed from the Lord, even though I didn't stray from the church. For others, it can happen in midlife or even later on. Now, I realize this subject is always sensitive. Because the simple reason is that in any given assembly of people, any assembly of believers, everyone present knows someone who has strayed and is now living contrary to the faith they once professed. It is sad but true that over the 55 years of church history in this place, there have been those who have stood right here on this platform, given their profession of faith in Jesus Christ. He is their Savior and Lord, given a good testimony of the word and how God has changed them. But they've since strayed from the Lord. They've fallen away from his church, and they're now living on their own path. In regards to these people and situations, it's fitting for us to be reminded that God has not put us in the position of judgment over anyone. That is solely up to him. Instead, the position that Jesus calls his flock to is to follow his example And do what the good shepherd is doing. And what is the good shepherd doing? He is lovingly and diligently searching and calling for his lost sheep to return, to come home. 
That is what the church is called to do. We're not called to judge anyone. We're called to follow Jesus' example and to be on the search, be looking to rescue anyone who is ready and willing and needing rescue. And so, the good shepherd never stops looking for his lost sheep. Perhaps for some of you listening today, if you were to be brutally honest with yourself, some of you would have to admit that you're straying from the shepherd right now. You're not listening to Jesus' voice. You're not following in obedience as you know you should. Or perhaps for some of you, you're at the point you're not able to hear his voice at all, and Jesus has absolutely nothing to do with your day-to-day life. If that describes any of you in some way, shape, or form, you need to hear the rest of 1 Peter 2, verse 25. It says this, Once you were like sheep who wandered away. Once you were like that. But now... You have returned to your shepherd, the guardian of your souls. Return. Return. It's never too late. No matter how far you've strayed, no matter what you've done, no matter how much trouble you've gotten yourself in, the most important thing you need to do right now is to admit your position. Admit where you are, confess it, and ask Jesus to help you, give you the strength to rescue you, to return you to his side. Because rest assured, Jesus loves you. He loves you, he is searching for you, and he is calling your name right now. And guess what happens when a lost sheep is found? Luke 15 verse 5 says, And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Now, I want to show you this next slide because it's one that you've seen a picture of in some version before. This next picture I didn't take, but it's of an actual modern-day shepherd in the Middle East who's carrying a sheep on his shoulders. Now, why is the shepherd carrying the sheep on his shoulders? It's not because the, the sheep's tired and needs a break. That's not the reason. The reason he's carrying the sheep on his shoulders is because the sheep has a broken leg. And how did it break? The answer is slightly shocking. A woman visiting in Switzerland came to a sheepfold on one of her daily walks. Venturing into it, she saw a shepherd seated on the ground with his flock gathered around him. Nearby on a pile of straw lay a single sheep which seemed to be suffering. Looking closely, the woman saw that its leg was broken. Her sympathy immediately went to the suffering sheep, and she looked up inquiringly to the shepherd as to how it happened. The shepherd replied, I broke it myself. And then he explained, Of all the sheep in my flock, this one was the most wayward. It would not obey my voice, and it would not follow when I was leading the flock. On more than one occasion, it wandered to the edge of a cliff. It almost went over. And not only was its disobedience harming itself, but it was leading the other sheep astray. Based on my experience with this kind of sheep, I had no choice, so I broke its leg. The next day, I took food to it. It tried to bite me. After letting it lie alone for a couple of days, I went back again, and this time it eagerly took the food and also licked my hand and showed every sign of submission and affection. And now let me say this. When this sheep is well, it will be the model sheep of my entire flock. No sheep will hear my voice so quickly nor follow so closely. 
Instead of leading the others away, it will be an example of devotion and obedience. In short, a complete change will come into the life of this wayward sheep. It will have learned obedience through its suffering. Now this may seem cruel to us. This smiling shepherd in the picture, he looks friendly. He would never do something like that, or would he? We've all seen a picture of a shepherd carrying a sheep. The reason is, most likely, it has a broken leg that the shepherd broke itself in order to save its life. And the implication in Jesus' parable of the shepherd carrying the sheep on his shoulders when he takes it home is the same. He had tried to gently teach the sheep obedience, but its disobedience had nearly cost the sheep its life. And the good shepherd cares too deeply for the sheep to risk it wandering away again. He loves it too much to let it be lost to the wolves or to fall down a cliff and have the end of it. And though it is painful, in that time that the wounded sheep rides upon the shepherd's shoulders, it is constantly with the shepherd. It hears his voice. It feels his heartbeat. It is utterly dependent upon him for absolutely everything, and he receives the shepherd's constant attention and care. And so because of his suffering, a stronger bond is formed, obedience is learned, and the sheep's life is saved and blessed for it. And many times in our human experience, it is exactly the same. We are like sheep. We're not so bright sometimes. We would love to learn lessons the easy way, but most of the time, we learn them the hard way. And we learn obedience through our suffering. As a parent, I would rather not have to discipline my sons. You saw an example of that. Theodore got away from me not once but twice this morning. He's almost at the front. There are things along life's way that we have to train and instruct them. I would rather just leave them be and not have to discipline them. It's not pleasant for me or for them. But because I love them and I desire what's best for them, I must discipline them in order to save them from themselves. One time Declan wandered out into the street. I turn my back for a split second. He is in the street. There's traffic. I know spanking's not something that's mentioned very much anymore because of obvious reasons. But because I love my son, I don't want him to be hit by a car. That's one of those times where it is not an option. He is going to receive a spanking to know that going out there is dangerous. It's not safe. And so this is how we also must learn. We look at so many people in life needing to hit rock bottom before they're willing to change. Why is that? It's because most of us are selfish, we're stubborn, we're prideful in some way. We think we know better than the shepherd. But believe me, believe me, the good shepherd knows best. Don't resent his discipline. He loves you more than you will ever know. The good shepherd only desires the very best for your life. Desires the very best for your future. And he wants to keep you safely by his side. And what happens when the lost sheep is finally safe and sound? Well, the shepherd throws a party. I love this conclusion to the story, verses 5 to 7. And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. 
And I tell you that in the same way there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous who need not repent. Listen, my friends. This is it. God has absolutely, positively, in every single way shown us how head over heels crazy in love he is with sheep. He, he just loves them. He can't help it. He has made each one of us. He loves each one of us. And he's crazy about us. He will not let us just wander off and be lost. He is doing everything in his power to get our attention, to bring us back to him. He loves us. That's the bottom line. Don't think for a second that because you or I are in the safety of the fold of this church, that we deserve his love any more than anyone else. We all have strayed at one time or another. We all have sinned, and that means we all need to repent and return to the Good Shepherd, the guardian of our souls. So let me close today simply by saying, if you know you need to return to Jesus, if you're one of those sheep who's wandered off in any way, shape, or form, return. Return to Jesus today. If you need to go to him for the first time, now is the time. Don't wait. Today is the day. And if Jesus is your good shepherd, then join with him in his diligent search for the lost, for the strays, the lost, the lonely, the hurting, the broken, the ones for whom he died to save. They are all around us, and by God's grace, may they find a welcome home here in this fold, For that is what a church is intended to be, a fold, a hospital, a place where everyone and anyone is welcome. We're not here to judge anyone. We are here to be like Jesus, to bring hope and healing to people who are in need of it. Would you bow with me and let's pray. Father God, we thank you that you don't write us off when we wander. We thank you that you are gracious, that you are so patient, and that you diligently search for each one of us. I pray, Lord, that this morning, that if there's anyone here this morning who this message has touched, that you're speaking to their heart in some way, I just pray, Lord, that right now they would just say yes to you. They would just open their hearts and say, Lord, whatever you want, whatever you want to show me today, I'm open. I will receive what you have for me. Lord, for some of us, if we have been receiving that discipline, I pray that we would not resent it, but instead allow that to teach us obedience, that we would return to your side and follow you wherever you lead us. I pray, Lord, that this morning you would call each one of us by name personally, that we would receive your call and continue to follow you. Thank you that you are such a good shepherd. We love you, Lord. Amen.